Welcome to the Flashback Cartoon Hour. I'm your loving bald host with the most from coast to coast. Nick, get out of my laboratory, La Scola. And today with me is Tony. And today we have the pleasure of going over the animated series Dexter's Laboratory or Laboratory, whichever you want to call it. I go laboratory. I call it laboratory too. It's just more fun that way. Yeah, man. And you have yeah. to say it with the like the uh, the laboratory. Yeah. So in my research, I found out that Dexter's accent is actually supposed to be like a mix of three different accents. I forget what the third one is, but obviously it's Russian and Russian and French. Yeah, didn't he base Dexter off of, like, Gen D? Didn't he base Dexter off of uh, himself as, like, a kid or something like that? Um, I thought I read that Yeah, somewhere. I'm pretty sure. Or, like, his upbringing. Yeah, something like that. Like, because, like, based. even, like, when we get into the Justice Friends <laughs> and everything like that, those are all parodies of Marvel Comics because, like, he grew up in that side of Europe reading Marvel Comics, and that was, like, huge to him. So when he came over here and started doing this he like incorporated it you want to know what's funny about that i was thinking as i was watching the show that like these justice friends look like somebody's interpretation of what marvel comics are but from like another part of the world so literally uh <laughs> well no so literally they're like there's like an episode or whatever. Like I think it's hilarious. Uh, Major Glory. Mm -hmm. He like everything he does is both about America and for the cameras. Like which a recurring thing about Dexter's uh, laboratory is irony. Mm -hmm. Like the characters sometimes some of the situations. There's a lot of irony that's like sprinkled throughout the show. And uh, I thought it was hilarious when, uh, like, the big guy, like, he's supposed to be like the Hulk. I can't remember his name. Uh, Krunk. 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 Fuck. <laughs> he calls he calls Major Glory Flagman. <laughs> oh, it gets me every time, dude. <laughs> yeah. It gets me yeah. every time. And then, I mean, we'll go into him in a little bit because I have so much to say about Val Holland, too. Because, yeah, Val uh, Holland's a riot. And, and, like, mine and yours love of uh, Van Halen and just, like, our friendship based off of it. It just really... Uh, dude, you know, all the powers in my axe. <laughs> like, that sucks. <laughs> but, <hey. laughs> okay, so let's get into it, shall we? Um, Dexter's Laboratory is an American animated comedy science fiction television series created by Gendy Tartakovsky. The show's premise is about a young boy genius named Dexter who has a secret laboratory hidden from his family beneath his house. His older sister, Dee Dee, is the only other person in the family who knows 
about the lab and consistently sneaks in to annoy Dexter. Much to Dexter's dismay, Dee Dee brings a very destructive force with her by destroying many of Dexter's creations in the lab, either on purpose or by accident. Based on the stereotypical parents of the 1950s, both Dexter and Dee Dee's parents, who only go by the name of mom and dad, are usually completely oblivious to their children's sci-fi shenanigans. The series ran on Cartoon Network from April 22nd of 1997 to November 20th of 2003 for a total of four seasons 78 episodes and 216 segments folks this is one of those interesting tv shows where like the first season is like (laughs) 13 episodes and then like the second season is like what like 30 40 i mean please don't 30 something (laughs) it's like 30 something yeah yeah literally like 30 and uh so pretty interesting and, I want to you say know, 35. That's right off the top of my head. It's either 35 or 39 or something along that line. It's a lot of bang for your buck, mm-hmm. especially since it was on cable and it was part of your basic package, I assume, <laughs> back, back in the day. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Dexter's Lab was the very first ever created cartoon cartoon for Cartoon Network. Soon after, other pilots for other series followed. These included Johnny Bravo, Cow and Chicken, and I Am Weasel in 97, uh, The Powerpuff Girls in 98, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and Mike Lou and Og, Courage the Cowardly Dog in 99, Time Squad, Grim and Evil in 2001, and finally, Codename's Kid Next Door, uh, <laughs> Codename Kids Next Door in 2002. Tartakovsky pitched the series to Fred Seibert's first animated short showcase, What a Cartoon, at Hanna-Barbera, basing it on student films he produced at the California Institute of the Arts. Four pilots aired on Cartoon Network and TNT from 1995 to 1996. Viewer approval rating led to a half-hour series which consisted of two seasons totaling 52 episodes. April 27th, 1996 to June 15th, 1998. On December 10th, 1999, a television film titled Dexter's Laboratory Ego Trip aired as the intended series finale and Tartakovsky left to begin work on Samurai Jack and the Star Wars The Clone Wars animated series. Not the CGI one. That's a different show. Um, In November of 2000, the series was renewed for two more seasons containing 26 episodes, uh, which began airing on November 18th, 2001 and concluding on November 20th, 2003. Due to Tartakovsky's departure, the last two seasons featured Chris Savino as showrunner, along with the new production team at Cartoon Network Studios. Along with new voice actors, changes were made to the visual style art and character designs. Yeah, so this is really cool uh, that you brought that up because um, it's so fascinating. Like, if you're truly someone who loves cartoons and all that shit. It's, it's very r- noticeable when you yeah. see the change. Um, I will say it's not as bad as I remember it being. Like, I went back and I watched just a couple, and I was like, this isn't terrible. It's clearly nowhere near as good as, like, 
season two is just, I mean, obviously, like we said, it's about 30 episodes, but season two is just like chock full of just, I was sitting there. I was like, oh, this is on my list for favorite. Nope. Now that's, this one's on my list for favorite. No. This yeah. It's really hard. Um, It's really <laughs> hard. I, Cause I was feeling the same exact way when I was just rewatching, like, wow, like there are a lot of good reasons to, to really like, a lot of these episodes oh, from like they're the just first so two well written they're so clever and funny and it's yeah. not even like it's the 90s and it's not like gross out humor like they flung good... shit to the wall so <laughs> literally like there was one episode where uh and i i know we're getting a little off topic but uh there was one episode where like um dexter is like spying on like his sister and like her two friends like they're having like a slumber party in Dee's room and he's like ah oh, what are these girls what yeah. are they doing you know and yep. like he's treating him like he's on like the national geographic studying uh <laughs> studying animal wildlife <laughs> so he fucking hides himself in like the <sighs> in like the hill of stuffed animals and they find out they take him off. They see Dexter and like basically looking like a kidney bean. And <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, he's just like, oh, they're going to kill me. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Dee Dee's friends are like, what's wrong with your brother? And she's like, oh, he has special needs. And like, yeah. they say that flat yeah. out. And I'm yeah. like, wow. I remember that. I remember that. And the, I don't the, think at you the could time, say that these days. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely like that not. was hilarious. A way to it's not like, pull wow. any punches. They were like, "Yeah, he's fucking special." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, now, dude, um, so funny, so good. Every Dexter's Laboratory episode, with the exception of Last but Not Beast, is divided into different stories or segments, each being between seven and twelve minutes long. Occasionally, a segment centers on characters other than Dexter and his family. Two segments are shown primarily during Season 1, Dial M for Monkey and the Justice Friends. Number one there being Dial M. These shorts feature Dexter's pet laboratory monkey named Monkey, uh, (laughs) whom Dexter believes is an ordinary monkey and nothing more. However, Monkey secretly has superpowers and fights evil as a superhero named monkey monkey is joined (laughs) monkey is joined by his partner agent honeydew of global security what are they predicting the future commander general and a team of assembled superheroes dial m for monkey was created by anjendi tartakovsky craig uh, mccracken and paul ruddish monkey's superpowers include super strength telekinesis flight and super seed among it many other superpowers many uh, other I, superpowers i have to say i think the dial m from monkey shorts are probably my favorites they are um, they are awesome. they're so good and you can really get a sense of tartakovsky's like capability at making a really good action um oh show. yeah 100%. and like it's because like you just think he goes on to make samurai jack and then he has another show that's on um that's on adult swim that's also on max called primal and it's like in the same animation but this one primal is like super bloody and violent and it's like he just he knows how to like the like speed lines and like he knows how to just like make everything so like bam 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 yeah, literally. so energetic and action-packed 
watching watching Dexter's Lab is mm-hmm. almost like half watching a comedy, a situational comedy, and half watching an action cartoon. Yeah. Because like the two are so well blended. And um I just wanted to, to note that to jump off of what you're saying with how it's incredible, in my opinion, how they utilized Hanna Barbera Studios. And you can tell mm-hmm. actually when yep. you look closely at the animation, you can tell that there are certain techniques, certain technologies even that have been used throughout various history of Hanna-Barbera's uh, cartoons. And, um, yeah, that's pretty awesome. And um, the funny thing with uh, the whole Dial M for Monkey thing that I thought was funny was how Agent Honeydew has a thing for Monkey. Oh, I was I about mean, to honestly, say. No, I was they about have to, a thing for each other. I was but, about to say, you know, dude, she's like... fucking that monkey. You know she's fucking that monkey. <laughs> she's getting plowed by that monkey because she cares for this monkey like nothing I've ever seen. And then there are even times and moments where like they glance at each other and you're like, no. And they, they, but then like they don't do anything. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like Commander General. Uh, you know, he's the typical leader who has like an eye patch. Uh, he's very reminiscent of like Nick Fury from um Marvel and Shield. But also, if you ever grew up uh, watching Hanna Barbera and you know who Birdman is. Uh, it's a very it's a play off of the Hanna Barbera uh, thing because Birdman always like got his missions from a guy in a like little like TV screen that was like Birdman. I need you to go do this. Blah 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 blah. Like each episode, it would happen, right? Yeah. And they really reference it because they have the on several occasions they make it known that he can't escape the TV. Like he's not just somewhere else. Like he's in the TV. And he yeah. can't escape the TV. Whenever he goes anywhere, it's a TV with like a wheel on it. And I, I don't know. That's that in itself. I was like, oh, man, look at Anna Barbera, like going at kind of like playing off of like their own thing, you know? Yeah. The man and the TV and the TV and the man. <laughs> they are one. <laughs> no more pod for Tony. <laughs> I is TV. TV is I. Oh, uh, one thing I do want to, uh, before we move on to the Justice Friends, I do want to mention that there actually is a segment of Dial M for Monkey where Monkey actually fights an alien species of hunters. Hmm. Do you remember that one? They're like uh, lion people. And I can't like, remember off the top of my head. So they're like, basically, they think of aliens like Hunt Down, and they're supposed to be a playoff of the Predators. They're supposed to be like the best hunters in the galaxy, and they've yeah. come to hunt a uh, monkey. Samurai Jack fights uh, uh, like a whole group of those same people. So in Dial M for Monkey, he only fights one. Samurai mm-hmm. Jack fights one that's supposed to be like of the same species. It's like a little shout out to Dexter's Lab. And that's oh, not cool. the only time we're going to have like a little little crossover of cartoon shows. The Justice Friends. These shorts consist of Major Glory, a Superman and Captain America parody, Valhalla and God of Rock, which is a Thor parody, and the Infragable Crunk, which is a Incredible Hulk parody. They are a trio of superhero roommates residing in an apartment called Muscular Arms, 
Their adventures deal less with superhero life and more with the everyday struggles of life and a general inability to agree with each other. (laughs) It is presented much like a sitcom, including the laugh track, which, by the way, is a classic throwback to many nods and bumps to Hanna-Barbera. We've covered a couple of them. Tartakovsky's inspiration for the Justice Friends came from reading many Marvel comics when learning how to speak English, which is exactly what that looks like when you watch it on TV. Tartakovsky stated in a 2001 IGN interview that he was disappointed with how the Justice Friends turned out, which is a shame because, you know, in my opinion, I thought it was all right. Saying it could have been funnier and the characters could have been fleshed out more. Great self-reflection. Many segments. Between the three main segments are... I mean, personally, I think the Justice Friends are hilarious because of their lame two-dimensional caricaturizations. Like, it's so obnoxious. It's so over the top. No way in hell could that happen anywhere else. And it's just like, this is hilarious. Yeah, and I want to say, I don't know if that was like a subtle dig at Craig McCracken, because I'm pretty sure Craig McCracken or Butch Hartman, I think both of them, I think both do more work on the justice friends than they do like of others like you he would have different like writers and stuff like do different segments mostly like he would work a lot with like dexter and Dee. And then well, you so that's have, a like, good point. Yeah, that's a really good point, though, because um, that's essentially Butch Hartman style. It's it's like very pop culture. It's mm-hmm. pretty light. Like the gags are very quick. Yeah. Uh, I think he's the storyboard editor or something is, like that. Yeah. For a lot of the uh, shows. And um, I can see where Jendi would be disappointed because he's he's always deep in mm-hmm. what he does. Yeah. Like he like he always seems to put meaning or purpose and yeah there were like, times behind what he does there were times in different episodes where like it would get super deep yeah yeah out of nowhere and i was like bro i was laughing my ass off a second ago and now i might like literally cry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like uh dude when they went <laughs> We'll talk about it later. Yeah. But when they pick, when they find the dog, I wanted them to keep the dog so bad, the lab. Oh, oh. But I um, forgot that they already have a dog. <laughs> well, so that's the weird thing. It's like I was thinking about that because I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> they already have one. They they act like they've never had a dog, but yeah. then like this dog just shows up out of nowhere. And it's about to oh. pee on a fireplace. Oh, my God. He, he shows up all the time. I love when Dee Dee switches, like, uh, she changes her body to look like mom because uh, Dexter has, like, some parent, uh, like, principal teacher conference that he has to go to. And he's mm. like, oh, I'm not going to tell mom. So he makes Dee Dee look like mom. And then he makes <laughs> himself look like Dee Dee. And then he makes the dog look like him. <laughs> It's fucking funny. Uh, mini segments. Part of the show includes mini in between main segment segments. Like bumpers. Yeah. They're very brief and mm-hmm. they often feature only Dexter and Dee Dee uh, doing a small bit. These mini segments are used, as Nick mentioned, bumpers between segments. Although many of the same mini segments are used repeatedly throughout different main segment episodes yeah it's like four that they constantly like cycle through yeah yeah there's like the one where dexter uh, does the robot uh yeah and then um, dd's like word and then uh, there's the the bug on dexter's face yeah yeah it looks well, like dexter what's that door. 
like hits him in the nose. Then she goes, Dexter, what's that? And he looks down. She hits him in the nose. And then she goes, oh, my God, Dexter, what's that? And he's like, oh, no, sister, you're not getting me with that one. And there's like a giant snapping beetle like crawling all over his face. Yep. Um, and then there was that one with uh, Major Glory where they make fun of the like old school like um, commercials where it would be. Like, oh, yeah. Big Justice Fruit Pies doll. <laughs> <laughs> The third justice fruit pie doll. <laughs> you know, that shit's burned in my brain. Uh, <laughs> Hi, the evil mathematician wizard will come and kill me. <laughs> justice fruit pies. Shows him being chased by numbers. Oh, uh, literally, like, damn, if you had, you know, if you had taken that whole thing out of context, you'd think they were fighting over gold bars or something. I will say, like, a couple of them lost their steam after, like, seeing it for, like, the billionth time. But that, oh, one, yeah. with, that one with the, like, as much as I wanted it to lose its steam, that the Frosted Fruit Pies, like, still makes me giggle. That's saying. a good one. It's so uh, I think my other favorite. Mm, oh, that's hard. I mean, because they are pretty repetitive. Yeah, I, I would have uh, to say, I feel like Cartoon Network showed the robot one a lot. I mean, that one's kind of, I mean, that's kind of an easy pick because, like, it's just. I don't know. It's, just it's like the most notorious robot. one. Cause like what Cartoon Network would do for our listeners that are uh, maybe on the younger side is Cartoon Network would like do their own bumpers in between different cartoons. And sometimes they would like use the bumpers from the show to be in between Dexter and like something else. But uh, Dexter's Laboratory won three Annie Awards with nominations for four Primetime Emmy Awards, four Golden Reel Awards, and nine other Annie Awards. The series is notable for helping launch the careers of animators Craig McCracken of Powerpuff Girls and Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends fame, Seth MacFarlane of Family Guy and American Dad fame, Butch Hartman from Fairly Odd Parents and Danny Phantom fame, and Rob Renzetti of My Life as a Teenage Robot. Fame. Um, so a lot of like Nickelodeon, honestly. Spin-off media include children's books, comic books, DVDs, and VHS releases, music albums, toys, and video games. Okay. Uh now we're gonna jump into voice actors, uh, per usual of our segment. Dexter, played by Christine Cavanaugh from 1996 until 2001 for 57 episodes before retiring from voice acting due to due to personal reasons which we won't disclose in the show christine was also the original voice actress for chucky finster in the nickelodeon series the rugrats as you may know she's also known for voicing such characters as uh gosselin mallard and disney's darkwing duck uh bunny rabbit in Sonic the Hedgehog, Satan. Funny robot. Oh, 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 right, <laughs> Robotnik, and yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Bunny Rabots in Sonic the Hedgehog, like the serious version. There was like a really goofy one, Jaleel White from um Family Matters voices all of them, but there was like a really dark one where it was like the Freedom Fighters fighting like Dr. Eggman. And then there was like a really goofy, silly one where it was like they did the what's it called? PSA at the end of every episode. Hey kids, is a Don't man in a yeah, is a man in a van trying to lure you in? You say no. <laughs> that man's cooking meth. Call the FBI. <laughs> uh 
Oblina in Ah, Real Monsters, and as the talking pig in the 1995 movie Babe. After Christine's retirement, Dexter was then voiced by actress Candy Milo, who has also lent her voice to such characters as Sweetie Pie in Tiny Toon Adventures, Mom and Cow and Chicken, Nick Dean and Jimmy Neutron, <laughs> and Mrs. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, this is, like, how, like, girls play so many, like, young guys in, yeah. like, cartoons. Uh, and another it's one also that comes double to funny is that, um, that she voices Dexter and then she went on to allegedly like allegedly Dexter's biggest rival show. Another like opposite um, rival like station. Uh, also a boy genius that gets into. Boy oh, Jimmy Neutron's not a boy genius. Yeah, he's like slightly sucks. above. <laughs> All right, but we'll go into that later. That kid sucks. Uh Another one that comes to mind, though, is uh, Kevin from Ed and Eddie. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Kevin is voiced by a chick. And it's funny because, no like, way. he's like, yeah, yeah. And, like, it's funny because, like, he's supposed to be, like, this cool, like, the cool kid with, the with like, the bicycle. <laughs> oh, yeah. But <laughs> even, blog. like, when you think of, like, Kid Goku, woman. Oh, oh yeah. Naruto, yeah. woman. It's, yeah. It's just hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know what they're trying to tell us. Oh yeah, and um, and as she also played as Mrs. Wakeman in My Life as a, as a Teenage Robot to get back on track. Dee Dee, played by Allison Moore in seasons one through three. No, sorry, in seasons one and three, and by Cat Crisidia in seasons two and three. Allison Moore was originally a college friend of Tartakovsky. She soon left the series after season one to pursue an acting career in New York City, soon being replaced by Kat. Allison returned to the series when it was rebooted in 2001 for the third season. Unfortunately, Allison was then let go by Cartoon Network because they had felt that fans were more familiar with Kat Crisidia's version of the character. Kat Crisidia is also known for voice uh, for voicing such roles as Nancy in Solar Opposites, Various various voices in Phineas and Ferb, <laughs> Utah and Archer, Cat the Bartender on Babylon 5, and many, many video game roles, none of which will be disclosed, but usually <laughs> used as a voice double for John, uh, Joan Cusack, especially for voicing the character Jesse in many times. <laughs> In many Toy Story related video games, yeah. So she's like the she's like used as a double for Joan uh, Cusack, just like how um fuck we we had someone that we oh, talked fuck. about on I can't think of it, but we had someone that we had talked about that was usually it was on a show we did. I want to say it was like maybe the Karate Kid, the animated series, but uh. he he's usually used as a Matthew Broderick. Uh, like voice double. Oh, I didn't know like oh. people had jobs described like that, like that they were just known to be a voice similar to this one specific person. Isn't that hilarious? I mean, like voice <laughs> acting is such a well, it's actually a pretty good career, but I was actually thinking about this the other day. And like when like you look at pictures of like voice actors, like they don't look like celebrities, you know, no, like they don't look like they, normal people. And it's hilarious because mm -hmm. it's like, 
imagine getting paid a decent amount of cash and not having to maintain all that bullshit for the cameras. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a sweet way out. Oh, and I, I looked it up, by the way. Um, You were right. Kevin's voiced by Kathleen Barr. Yeah, I knew it. I was shocked when I found that out. I was like, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Dorks. Like, so you this know, next like... <laughs> person that we're going to talk about, we, we've actually talked a little bit about her before on the show. Mom slash Dexter's computer slash Agent Honeydew slash Lily and slash Mandoc's mother, Oceanbird, are all played by Kath Sushi, along with other various background characters, too. We have actually talked about Kath. Like I said, um, she is the voice of Linka in Captain Planet in the Planet Tears. She is also known for voicing such great roles as Lola Bunny in Space Jam, Janine Melnitz in The Real Ghostbusters, Fifi LaFoom in Tiny Toons, Phil, Lil, and Betty DeVille in The Rugrats, Alex Wilde in The Savage Dragon, which is another series that we've reviewed, Princess What's-Her-Name in Earthworm Jim, Miriam Pataki in Hey Arnold, Cat Harvey in The Spectacular Adventures of Casper the Friendly Ghost, which is the 90s animation like sequel to the uh, movie that came out. And finally, she also voiced Daisy Duck in Quack Pack. Uh, next, we have Dad, who is, I'm just going to say right now, my favorite character, voiced by the one and only Jeff Bennett, who we just talked about because he is actually the voice of Johnny Bravo, which me and Tony, it was the last episode we reviewed. Um, along with those two iconic roles, he has also voiced Odd Job in James Bond Jr., Principal Madman in Whatever Happened to Robot Jones, Whatever Happened to Robot Jones, Number Four's Dad, slash Mr. Boss, slash Mr. Fizz in Codename Kids Next Door, Ace in The Powerpuff Girls, uh, Ace from the Gang Green Gang, Drix in Ozzy and Drix, the series, and Dr. Jacques von Hamsterville in Lilo and Stitch, the series. And finally, he did ironically also play some additional voice, uh, additional voices on the adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. And on that point, the notes are done. Now, it's the best part. We get to go into our opinions. So, Tony, why don't you go into it first? What do you rate the series from F to A+. All right, so on a scale of A through F, I'd say the series is an A because, uh, well, for various reasons. One, it's a well-thought-out show. Jendi clearly thought this whole th thing through. Uh, <laughs> he did it so well. And the humor, the storytelling, the animation, and the legacy behind that, too, with a name like Hanna-Barbera. Uh, a lot of it, you know... The, there, it, it's basically clear why that mm -hmm. cartoon was made quickly into a series when it premiered on the world premiere cartoon show back in the day. Uh, more to talk about, but I'll pass it over to Nick. Cool. I'm I'm definitely I I'm gonna give it an A plus. Like I can't even think about what could slightly bring it down. 
I mean, obviously there's the animation change, but I mean, you could watch just two seasons that Tartakovsky does and then the movie and be like totally fine. You know what I mean? You don't need to watch the continuation that they do in 2001. I, like I said, it's not that bad. It's just not it's not the same. You know, they they switch from animation cells and you could tell it's more computerized. But yeah, A plus. W- would you put this above Johnny Bravo? Yeah, I mean, because Johnny Bravo, a lot of Johnny Bravo was centered around. And don't get me wrong, there were differing plots and such. Mm-hmm. But I just think that Dexter has a little more for everybody. Although Johnny Bravo had a stronger final set of seasons, in my opinion. Having actually, so I actually do want to talk a little bit about Johnny Bravo on this episode because I feel like the last time we talked about it, I feel like there was something missing. And it's really that both of us didn't have the chance to actually see the complete series because it's practically impossible to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I got some DVDs of the complete series and you know basically what happens is after season one dan partable leaves and kirk tingblad and i'm pretty sure we talked about this yeah what'd you call him tinglebald or something (laughs) tinglebald (laughs) i i think it's like tingblad but tinglebald is about right up there and uh (laughs) (laughs) and he basically ran the show for seasons two and three and then uh, Van Partible came back for season four. And mm-hmm. the difference between the two is like night and day. Like Van Partible's take on Johnny Bravo was fairly different from Kirk Tingblad's. Like in um, uh, Kirk Tingblad's version, like the characters are all angular. Like they're right. cut like, like they're like they like they have very sharp angles and they're so well I, defined. I guess then if you incorporate that into with this, do you think Dexter's lab works that because like even with a switch, it's more consistent than like, or do you think it's just as noticeable as when? Well, I think Dexter's is more consistent for sure. I, mm-hmm. Cause like it, I and you know maybe it's just a ordering thing it's a mental thing i don't know but i think you get more bang for your buck with dexter because you have the first season and then you have the second season which is just a complete knockout of yeah. great stuff amazing great stuff so that's my opinion anyway i think johnny bravo is great and it has it it has its place in history and it sucks that like it's either Amazon or you can't get the complete series on mm-hmm. DVD. Not that I have anything against Amazon because at least Dexter's is on there, but I don't think yeah. is Johnny Bravo on Amazon. No, you have to pay for Bravo, but Dexter's lab and the movie are all free. If you have prime. Okay. Then maybe it's just, I don't use streaming services and yeah. maybe that's the issue, but yeah, it's no, just I've a been shame watching it all on prime. It's been amazing. The only thing about it though, is like on any of the streaming is uh, on both prime. And even if you go and pay for it on like YouTube or whatever, they divvy it up into six seasons. Yeah. Even though technically there's only four. 
Yeah, I'm sitting there, dude. And I've I've been I'm on season four now, and season two goes from like season two to like season four, and then five and six are like when the animation change and everything is. And you're like, wow, holy fuck, dude, that's a ton. But that's like what they do is I think they make it like either thirteen to fifteen episodes per season. Want to say thirteen? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I think it has to do something with like how how their computer system mm-hmm. maybe there's something automatic on their thing that cuts up the amount of episodes to whatever they set it to like for example if uh a season exceeds like 13 shows make it another season in like their own catalog mm-hmm. they probably have a different set of rules yeah, and regardless, they're all on there. Um, every episode, uh, and the movie, uh, Dexter's Laboratory Ego Trip is on there too, completely free. I watched it again last night. I wish I knew about it the first go around because I watched it on like some weird version on YouTube. I mean, it was it was still really good the second time. I've I've watched it three times since we started doing our research for the show. What did you think about the movie tone? Oh, I thought I, it was good. I fucking love it. I have it. it on VHS. Yeah. Oh, is that what you bought it? Was it you bought the VHS or did you buy the DVD? Well, there is no DVD. Uh, uh... For, well, at least not legitimately. But the only way you can get a DVD legitimately of that is, I think, from an Australian release. But good luck with that. <laughs> They have the tapes for sale on eBay, so I picked one up for shits and grins. And yeah, I mean, it's exactly as I remember it. I it, grew up yeah, it's great. watching that a lot. It played on Cartoon Network a lot back in the day. Uh, yeah, I don't remember it playing too, too much. But like when it was on, it was like... I remember it was, seeing it a little bit. Yeah, I th- and you know what I think too? I think when I was a kid, I think I I don't... I have like a vague memory of playing... I don't want to say they were action figures, but maybe they were like l- those little tiny ones that like are stationary. You can't move them around. But I think yeah. I had old Dexter and I think I had Dee Dee. So like Dexter came with like the little wrench as a cane. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, what do you think of the movie? Good, phenomenal. I really liked that the whole thing starts with the, the way it really ties everything together because the very first episode of Dexter's pilot, they use that time travel machine. And then like we don't hear or think about it. And it was like, oh, we haven't seen this since episode one this is uh this is like great i love that they tied that all together i loved how it ended i'm just gonna spoil it we here on the flashback cartoon hour we like to spoil or at least i nick spoils Scola likes to spoil at the very beginning of the movie dexter is attacked by a bunch of robots that like jumped through the time machine and when it comes full circle you learn that it was actually Dexter, who sent the <laughs> the fucking robots to begin with, and the way that they like left it on a loop, but like Dexter was like, ah, uh, I should care, but I don't care because this hurts my head. Ah, phooey. I was like, ah, oh, it's funny. This is like kind of like a Twilight Zone. Oh well, yeah, so that's like the irony of the show, like mm-hmm. the irony that's written into it. It's like it's it's such a prevalent theme throughout the whole series that uh, it almost just kind of comes full circle. Yeah, it was it was great. Um I thought the action, like I said, I he, man, he just knows how to fucking do action. He, the action throughout the whole movie was great. He goes throughout like different points in time and collects three different versions of himself 
throughout time to like save time. And it's really Mandark is like destroying time. At the very beginning of the movie, he steals, forget what type of like special neutron core, something like that, some nerdy stuff. He steals it and then like whisked away. And it's supposed to be like Mandark ends up taking over the world, ruling the planet and like treating everyone like slaves and just numbers. And he's got to team up with like his nerdy, like 24 year old self. And then like he's got to move a little further in time. And he's got to team up with like his super jacked, rebellious rebel leader version. And then there's just like the really old version of him. I thought even each version of him had really cool character concepts and like their own personality. And I fucking love every time that old Dexter calls nerdy a little bit older Dexter, Billy. Like, you remember that, dude? They spent the whole time and they're like, goodbye, Dexter. Goodbye, Dexter. Goodbye, Dexter. Goodbye, Dexter. Goodbye, Billy. Goodbye, Billy. (laughs) Goodbye, Dexter. 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 Goodbye, Billy. <laughs> oh, it just fucking tickles no. me. What? <laughs> Where? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, uh, I really think um, old Dexter probably w- wins it for me in that movie. He is fucking hilarious. There's a scene where um, it's like near the end. It's like the big climactic battle. And... Uh, Mandark collects all like the different versions of Mandark that we've seen throughout the movie and Dexter has all his different versions of Dexter's that we've seen in the movie and they all like line up and they all like go to attack each other and like you know you have like boy Dexter fighting boy Mandark you have like little older Dexter uh, being slapped by like businessman like boss version of uh, Mandark and then you have fucking old Dexter and uh, there's like at that point, Mandark is only a brain. And so they don't even fight each other. They just sit there calling each other like nincompoops and your, your schmutz. And then like they fall over from like the exhaustion of fucking hurling insults at each other. So this next point of the segment, we're going to go over a few episodes that yep, we, we want to recommend. recommend. So I'm just going to, I actually have a lot of favorite episodes. Uh, with that said, Dodgeball, which I think is what the episode is called. I think it has an artistic representation of bullying when Dexter has a dream. Basically, the episode is about... PE class for Dexter. They play dodgeball. These three kids keep hurling dodgeballs at him and he can't take it. So he basically has a dream about these kids and like basically like the dream they're throwing dodgeballs at him and he's on the ground and he's in pain and basically these kids take like demonic forms and like there's flames in the background and it basically looks like hell. So like I thought that like the the imagery was just like whoa you know like i'm surprised this didn't traumatize me as a kid and then towards like the end of his dream the the demonic bullies get zapped away by by something coming out of the clouds in heaven and it's dexter's 
dodgeball fighting suit or whatever. It's like an invention <laughs> he made. Everything that he uses is like something he made. Now, the next episode that I that I really like, uh, Lab A Story, or I think it's called Dexter's Laboratory A Story, which would be the name of the episode. And basically it's about Dexter finding a stray dog and wanting to talk to him. Dex uses an invention to give that dog human-speaking capabilities. Instead of barking, the dog talks like a human. Now, I thought it was hilarious how the dog behaves when he starts talking. All he really does is shout, <laughs> are shouts of, hey! And, you know, like, prodding around like a dog would. Like, when he barks at the moon, he's like, it's the moon! It's the moon! It's the moon! <laughs> you know, like, he's just, like, <laughs> shouting shit, like, as you could imagine, like, a dog would. Uh, and, for example... Yeah, I love it, dude. It's great. He- He's so fun. I'll play voice clips of him doing it, but uh, he's so fun. Hey, 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 you guys. Hey. Yep. So, like, uh, for example, Dex is working on a, uh invention in the lab, and the, and the dog starts running towards a thing, shouting, Hey, it's a thing. A thing. It's a thing. And Dexter <laughs> keeps asking the dog, What? What thing? What is it, boy? What's the thing? And the dog just keeps yelling, The, uh, the thing. And uh, pointing at some loose electronic component in the lab. It just reminds me of, like, how a young pup would behave when he's trying to tell us something. What? The thing? Huh? Come on, I gotta show you the thing! Oh yeah, the thing that you were trying to tell me! Ah, the thing! Here's the thing! Right, that decapacitor. What is wrong with it? It's the thing! I, I, I found the thing! What about it? It's here! The thing! I found the thing! And here it is! It's the thing! Right here! I also thought it was hilarious when the owner was reunited with his dog because they're essentially the same personality, which puts light oh. to the whole cliche. The dog's just like the owner. Uh, Very stoner, Michelangelo, Jeff Spicoli is like, yeah. oh, dude, what's up? Oh, hey, hey, you're my <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, sounds just like Nicholas Scola. Your coast from yeah, anytime I host. see Tony walk anytime I see Tony walk down the tree, I go, hey, 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 you're my guy. You're my guy. You're my guy. <laughs> oh shit. Uh the next episode I'd like to recommend is The Dream Machine. It's a very funny and abstract episode, in my opinion. Basically, Dexter keeps having nightmares and invents some crazy freaking machine that beams the moon's light into his head to help him have a good sleep. Uh, if you can imagine what that even looks like. This also depends on a human operator, for which this case is Dee Dee. The operator needs to keep the dream in a good state via knob controls. I I, I just find it hilarious when Dexter realizes he's in a nightmare. Oh, yeah, no, it's so funny. Yeah, he's like, wait a minute, if Dee Dee's the father of knowledge... Um, excuse me, grandfather of all knowledge... But can you tell me what is the purpose of meaning? That's an easy one, Dexter. Didi, what are you doing behind that chair? I'm the grandfather of all knowledge. Well, if you are the grandfather of all knowledge, that means that... <laughs> like he starts spiraling in his dream and everything's going to shit and then the knob on the machine breaks past the nightmare point and it's just 
Didi's still sleeping. And it's also ironic. <laughs> like, you know, like he puts his it's ironic because he puts his trust in Didi one. And two, it's ironic in the sense that <laughs> it's he, like the one time he does too, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, and it's just hilarious because it's like he makes this scientifically magnificent invention, which seems to have this huge design oversight. Didi and the knobs. Oh, wait, and... before you go into the next one, can I just chime in about the last one? Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 sorry. Um, so Dream Machine is actually part of one of my three choices, but I want like the full, I want like the full episode with all the, I wrote down all the um, different segments. So Dream Machine is part of episode, it's one, uh, episode eight of season one, and it's the third segment. So, like, uh, if you look on, like, the Wikipedias and stuff like that, they have it uh, written down as 8C. Yeah. I love the other two segments in there, too, because the other two segments are Babysitter Blues and the Justice Friends Valhalla's Room. And now, growing up, like, I remember uh, most of the Justice Friends episodes. I always remember this episode of, like, Krunk going into, like, the dream world or something. And then he ends up going into Valhalla's room. And he, like, has to fight a bunch of, like, clothes that are, like, form a monster in the closet kind of thing. But Babysitter Blues is so funny. Oh yeah, this is when Dexter, dude, it's when Dexter has a crush on his teenage babysitter Lisa, and after learning that she has a boyfriend, Dexter sabotages their relationship by accelerating his age by ten years in an attempt to win her heart. He uses a voice machine to call both Lisa's boyfriend and Lisa and impersonate the other to. Well, yeah, that's sabotaging. Well, yeah, yeah, but he didn't. He grew up towards the end because he thought he had a chance. So he used the machine to grow up towards the end. And please continue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so near the end, he uses the machine. But what's funny is that, like, he the what the age that he ages up to looks just like the older version of him in Dexter's lab ego trip. That and Didi shouts, you're the one I've been looking for my whole life or some shit like that. And that was fucked up in my opinion. I was like, <laughs> what? Now I'll never find true love. Ah! move over game of thrones you didn't know about um so yeah that was just one of my that was uh season one episode eight you can continue into your other one the big cheese dexter has a french test coming up and he wants to impress the teacher or whatever and he invents a machine that uses a record player to play back audio during his sleep he uses a french learning record which ends up getting stuck on a skip and loops the phrase Omelette du fromage. Oh, I fucking which love is, that Which is episode. French for, uh, which is actually French for chicken cordon le bleu. <laughs> oh, no, I meant, no, I meant, uh. <laughs> you don't even fucking know. No, 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 it's cheese omelette. I uh, looked it up. But, uh, <laughs> this, beyond any real probability, gives him literally everything that one, I guess, could ever want in life oh it's perfect it like he gets him through life like every he just says that phrase and everything goes right that's all you 
can say. That's all you can say. Omelette du fromage. Omelette du fromage. What did you say? Omelette du fromage? Oh, Dexter, Dexter. French is the language of love. Oh, say it again, Dexter. Omelette du fromage. A hit with everything he interacts with. Mm-hmm. You know, tor- uh, towards the end of the episode, he winds up looking like a California movie star. Uh, star. I'm not going to spoil it, but I thought it was great in one of the scenes, like where they're showing his success, and he's whispering "Omelette du fromage" <laughs> to everybody. Uh, he's like walking into his home, surrounded by paparazzi, and someone gives him a baby to hold for the camera. He holds it and smiles, and then he suddenly drops the baby and walks into his house to go to his lab. You know, it's just like that's that, that shit's just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's uh, the thing about Dexter, dude, is like he's kind of a dick. Here, yeah, yeah. He yeah, really he is. he's almost antagonistic at times. So that's what uh yeah, no, literally, it's really great that you mentioned that because uh that is kind of what makes the show so dynamic in a way, because um it's interesting because it gives the limitless possibilities of science mm-hmm. and the true possibility of a genius to meet its ultimate power to a young boy with unbridled passion and imagination. And, um, you know, that's a very dangerous, like the show kind of shows that it's, it's a little bit of everything when you have that combination. Uh, the last episode I want to mention that I'm going to pass the mic to Nick, uh, Chubby Cheeses. I mean, and there are just so many uh, Chubby Cheeses. It's just ridiculous. Iconic. Dude, the plot and animation. And yes, you're right, because I feel like a lot of cartoons made fun of Chucky Cheeses. Like, well, or just mock them or whatever. So the family goes to the mock version of Chucky Cheeses for a day out. Dee Dee challenges Dexter to win the prized monkey stuffed animal. So it's cool, too, because they tie it all in. Monkey's a superhero in their world as much as he literally is a superhero. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, like, he even has his own fandom and they have stuffed animals. (laughs) Like, he's a real thing, too. They just have no idea that the superhero (laughs) monkey. (laughs) Mind you, the smartest boy on the planet other than Mandark. (laughs) And they can't figure out. No, literally, though. Uh, and uh, so, basically, Dee Dee keeps beating Dexter no matter what. He sucks at the games. Dexter, undeterred, uses one of his devices to slow down the whack-a-mole machine so he can win tickets. The Chubby Cheese's mafia-like staff realize what <laughs> Dexter is doing and take him out back for questioning, slash <laughs> wanting him to hire him, wanting to hire him for his... <laughs> For his tech to expand their fat ass empire. Towards the end of the <laughs> towards the end of the episode, a goon runs for Dee Dee and spins the chair Dexter is stuck in. He is flung out of the chair through the back room and takes Dee Dee with her by telling her to jump and biting her head mid-flight. They fly <laughs> out of Chubby Cheese's and through <laughs> and through the rear of the family sedan's windshield into the back seat while the parents are driving. <laughs> while the parents are driving, and then the dad says. Hey, it's about time you got here. 
you know <laughs> fucking flies through the rear of the windshield you know like that's uh, just hilarious honestly now that you mention it i'm surprised that you didn't do um more dad centric episodes well the thing is with like i just wanted to name like some of the big ones that were unique to me but the thing with the dad centric episodes is that sometimes like and you know this happens with everything like the episodes yeah. aren't like that great and they probably are mm-hmm. but the moments in them are gold like one moment i want to talk about real quick is from ice cream screen uh that, that, that that's another favorite of mine i just didn't want to hog the mic like a dick i'm are. gonna play that voice clip that i know you're about to talk about so literally that episode uh for whatever reason, Dexter just wants ice cream and like the ice cream man is basically a psychotic and avoids doing his job and giving ice cream to kids. So every time Dexter pops out with cold green cash, the ice cream man just drives away, not wanting to make money. So Dexter, undeterred, decides to figure out ways to capture him and force the ice cream man to sell him some ice cream. And... uh <laughs> Actually, there is a big reveal, but I'm not going to reveal it. Uh, <laughs> someone paid in pennies. That's all I have to say. And he, <laughs> the ice cream man took that psychotically. So Dexter builds a trap in the public street that acts like an inverse drawbridge, where like instead of <laughs> the bridge going up and allowing the boat to pass, it goes concave. and It's some wily coyote-ass shit. Yeah, it basically lunges the person into the underground, like, underneath the road when the bridge concaves. So he tests it on the paper boy. Here's your paper! I've got some good news and I've got some bad news, Mr. Ice Cream Man. And the paper boy goes flying underneath the road and he's like, oh. like you know, he's got like a blood-curdling scream. And then like later in that episode... Uh, the dad comes flying out with cash, and he's like, hey, I want ice cream. <laughs> and he trips the sensor, and Dexter's whoa. like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, dad, no. And then he's like, whoa. As he I've never been down here road. before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good news is today I get the ice cream. The bad news is... Hey, the ice cream man. What the... Wait, I've got some money. Dad, no! Like, that's the thing, dude. They're so oblivious, but they just go along with everything. And mom included. But that's both dad and mom. They are oblivious. The other uh, funny moment that uh, I I really liked uh, was the coffee episode. I don't remember the name of it, but like... The dad just has, like, a mental breakdown over the coffee. Coffee? Where's the coffee? Hello? Coffee? What happened to all the coffee? We drank it all. You drank the coffee? (laughs) You two drank the coffee? (laughs) Where did I go wrong? I thought I was a good father. I thought I brought you kids up right. You see, kids, 
coffee is what we adults need to get started in the morning. It's the key to our ignition. You kids don't need it. No, you've got youth. We adults need the coffee. But now, all we have is this! <laughs> Empty! A mere shell of its former self. I've seen some pretty horrible things in my life. But this, this is just sick. So you were just mentioning the coffee episode. That one's called Top to Off. Yeah, yep, that's it. It goes along with uh, Dee Dee's tail and no power trip. Um, okay, so I guess I'll go into my first choice. Well, I already gave you guys my first choice, the season one, episode eight. My second choice is season two, episode nine. This consists of Snowdown, Figure Not Included, and Mach 5. And I can't wait to talk about Mach 5. But Snowdown is uh, when Dexter falls victim to DD Snowballs. Dad teaches Dexter to be the snowball terror that Dad once was in his youth. And he was, he really was a nightmare to everybody, dude. And like uh, he, the entire episode, he keeps talking about like like his heyday and until like the one his rival took him down. And <laughs> yeah. Then, <laughs> <laughs> Dexter, you must reclaim my throne by defeating the enemy. The enemy? Your sister. Don't you see, Dexter? You inherit your snowball fighting genes from me. Whereas your sister received hers from, from the only one ever to defeat me. You mean? Yes. Mom. Put the snowball down, dear. I don't wanna. And like, you know, he teaches Dexter the like five, um, the five rules of snowballs, which is like scoop, roll, duck, uh, throw. Maybe there's four. I can't remember. But, you know, I'll, I'll play the voice clip of uh, Dad explaining it. Dexter, five words, scoop, roll, throw, hit, duck. But, you know, he always said it so, like, fast. And as a kid, after seeing this episode, I all they make it look so easy to roll a snowball. And I used to, like, go outside. I used to gather up the snow. I'd be, like, trying to fucking I'd be like, all right, what did Dad say? Scoop, <laughs> roll, throw, duck. <laughs> jump <laughs> I'm like no it's not working I would like try and scoop it up and just fall apart in my hands but like fucking Dexter's lied to me that's a great uh that's a great segment figure not included Dexter makes his own major glory action figure to join the neighborhood major glory game which is just a bunch of fucking snot nosed shitty kids who all have action figures all Dexter wants to do is be like hey man I got one too and they're like ew no bro you can't fucking hang with us you're not cool <laughs> enough to hang with us and then like Dexter has to go make his own toy <laughs> which is way better and then they get wicked jealous and they're like oh no uh, if you were really our buddy if you were really in the club you'd make a cool toy for all of us I would have been like go eat shit <laughs> uh, and then the last segment Mach 5 this is 
I know like whenever Santi, before we actually watched the uh, Speed Racer for the first episode of Flashback, anytime Santi would hear Speed Racer, he would always think of Fairly Odd Parents. Whenever I heard of a Speed, well, I knew what Speed Racer was, but when I think of like a Speed Racer spoof, if someone was like, hey, Nick, what's like the best Speed Racer spoof you could think of? I immediately thought about this, uh, this short. Dad, I'm going to enter the soapbox derby. No, no son of mine is going to race. And for me to explain my reasons why it would be a long story, but I'll tell you anyway. It was two years ago during that very same race down Volcano Mountain. Your older sister, Dee Dee, was one of the drivers in that race. But what she didn't know is that the race is filled with dangers and tricks at every turn. Any experienced driver knows how to keep an eye out for these tricks. Because if you don't pay attention, they can trick you and mess you up. But your sister was overconfident about her driving abilities, which set her down a one-way road to disaster. She was never to be heard from again. Dad! I'm right here! Hello! Earth to Dad! All the time. I love it so much. Dexter participates in the annual Soapbox Derby. Uh, hold on. Let me say that. Dexter participates in the annual Soapbox Derby down Volcano Mountain. While Dexter parodies Speed Racer and Dad parody, uh, parodies Pop Racer. Monkey parodies Chim Chim and Dee Dee parodies both Racer X and Spritel. Yeah, that's uh, it's phenomenal. I love when uh, there's the turtle in the road and him and Mandark are like neck and neck. And like <laughs> yeah. he, has, he has, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, yeah. Neck. But you know they do the whole trope. They they, they make the animation um, look just like Speed Racer. They make the dubbing seem like slightly off of like how they're talking. As a fan of Speed Racer, I really love that. Um, my next choice, season two, episode eighteen, which consists of unfortunate cookies and the Muffin King. Unfortunate cookies is Dexter and Dee Dee must travel to Chinatown to get their fingers unstuck from a Chinese finger trap that Dee Dee ends up getting. She gets her finger stuck in it. At some point, her and Dexter get uh, stuck together. But the way that they have to like team up to go like, <laughs> they end up going to Chinatown and they're like, hey, mister, your fucking thing stuck on our finger. And he's like, oh, well, to in order to get it off, you have to go do all these tasks for me. And it's like his fucking chore list, right? It's like go doing laundry and stuff. But Didi's all like, is it a magical journey? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Go, go do it. They're stuck together. Dee Dee breaks into every fucking thing that's on the list and kicks the shit out of everybody that's in the fucking does it with dry cleaning, kicks the shit out of them. It doesn't matter. She breaks in everywhere, just kicks the shit out of everybody. And then we'll like just pick Dexter up with their teeth and just like hop through the window. Uh, that made me laugh a <laughs> lot. Do you, you know what I mean? Like at the very end when they were like, hey, you fucking told us you were going to help us and not do your chores. Uh, it, that was was funny. But the Muffin King, Dexter Muffin and Dee Dee. Yeah. I th this might be one of my favorite dad, just my favorite segments in the whole series. But like dad is perfect in this one. Um, Dexter and Dee Dee protect their mother's freshly baked muffins from their muffin loving father while she is out shopping. Well, they're in the oven right now. They'll be ready by dinner. I need them now. Oh, oh, I can smell them now. Rising, baking. They're calling me. Eat us. Eat us. Can't you hear their voices? They want me to eat them. Dad, Dad, it's okay. 
You're right. I'll just sit here. Waiting. And waiting. Uh, Dad goes fucking crazy for those muffins. He's like, uh, at first I was like, oh, you know, he really likes those muffins. He just wants to eat them. But by the end of it, I was no, like, he's oh, very my. conniving. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he, no, no gloves on, you know? Brutal. Uh, that one was a really good one. And then my final, I do have one final mention uh, for you guys. And that is Sports a Poppin', Kusala Goop Goop, and Project Didi. Specifically, Kusala Goop Goop. This is the second episode to have Didi's uh, imaginary friend, and uh, who's voiced by Dom DeLuise, famous comedian, voice actor. He was in American Tale with Fightful. He was the big black fat cat. Um, he, he was also in a series that my dad loved, uh, to show me growing up called lots of luck. And I thought he was hilarious in that. Um, so to anytime he's on that, oh man, he's so funny. And I'll play voice clips of him just being him, <laughs> but essentially Didi is like talking to him and he's like, yeah, I'm the king of like the dream world. And I like, I run the land and all that. And Didi, I think Didi was like sick or something. And she's like, no fucking way. You're the king. And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, I run the, I run that shit in there. And she's like, I want to go with you. And she ends up jumping in his stomach and then fucking going on like this big magical uh, adventure just to find out that like, he's actually like, generally hated throughout the most of the population of dream world yeah <laughs> they fucking do not treat him nicely <laughs> yeah but like his mannerisms and like the way he's like oh oh okay oh all right oh hey by the way bob if you see koozie tell me i got a score to settle with that bum oh gee oh gee oh gee so let's go in Okay. Oh, you know who it reminds me of? It reminds me of um Philbert a little bit from um Rocco's. The way how hmm. he would just kind of like, you know, rock like to himself and be like, oh, 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 okay. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Uh that one was really funny. And uh I actually want to talk about uh Guzzle Goop Goop for a second. He appears in Four different segments. Uh, he appears in season two's episode four B's The Coos is Loose. Then he appears in season two, episode 21 B's Kusala Goop Goop, which is what I just talked about. And in season three, episode 12 A's Jeepers Creepers, Where's the Peepers? And season four's episode 11 B's Dexter's Wacky Races. That first Coos episode kind of ends in a little bit of a sad way, wouldn't you say? Like Dexter was oh, like yeah, really yeah. mean oh, to Oh, you're so warm. Yeah, and like kicked him out and he disappeared. Just imagine him away. That's it. Kusala Goopa Goop. I imagine you away, 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 away. Bye bye, Dee Dee. Bye bye, Dexter. You'll never see me again. Dexter? What have I done? I know. <sighs> bye bye. I want Kusi back. 
Fun fact, after season two, he's not able to use the glowing heart anymore. Each of his other appearances can't, like, his heart doesn't glow anymore. <laughs> Probably because everyone just fucking shits on him all the time. Another fun fact, he made a cameo in the Powerpuff Girls episode, Imaginary Friend. When Bubbles has an idea on an imaginary friend, she thinks of Kusi, which is, well, I'm just shortening his name to Kusi. Buttercup, however, being the stone cold bitch that she is, rejects him and immediately calls him a cooster. So he's hated in no matter what show he goes to. Poor Koozie, dude. I'd want, I'd, I'd have him as a friend. Let's light that heart up, buddy. Yeah, why not? Leave the guy alone. I do want to say that I found it weird, the, the comparisons to Fairly Odd Parents. I know Butch Hartman worked on this. But it's like, it really shows, right? Both have Speed Racer parodies. Both have um, Tron parodies. And I know these are just general things you can parody, but like they both like target these specific things. They both have episodes where the kids give their parents superpowers. And not only that, both parents in both shows are completely oblivious to what the kids are doing. Yeah. So there's a lot of comparisons there. <laughs> okay, next, I would love to talk about this with you. I've I was actually most excited to talk about this with you. <laughs> um, Dexter versus Jimmy Neutron. What are your okay. opinions on it? Dexter, hands it, down. Fuck it's Jimmy not Neutron. even. Yeah, it's not even fucking close. And I'm gonna post a picture on the Facebook page. I mean, not uh, to offend any Jimmy Neutron. Uh, no, what, he's okay. I don't hate him. Like, well, no, but like the fans that may like him. I mean, like, look here. I don't know. I mean, J- Jimmy Neutron was just a very like it was obviously for kids. Th- there was a little bit of zaniness in there, but I mean, like mm-hmm. Dexter, in my opinion, just has better writing, better animation. It's just a stronger show. Yeah, hundred percent. And, 100%. I, and uh, I like what you mentioned about how Dexter seems like an antagonist at times, because in this case, that would lead Dexter to victory in a fight against jimmy neutron yeah. in my opinion first of all let's just talk about the fact that while watching this show i've noticed that dexter randomly pulls martial arts out of his ass like all the time and he's like stated like i watch out i'm like a trained martial artist and i know how to like use these and then like there was one episode where it was just dexter no, no nothing and i think you beat like three ninjas he like like karate chops them and everything so like he yeah. has martial arts in different episodes he's constantly you know whenever he teamed up well remember when him and the action hank had the beards and their beards like connected and they were like fighting the bad guys together yeah dexter also like i was saying um if you just look at their labs and i'm gonna post the picture of both these labs i actually sent them to you on your phone oh oh yeah Mm -hmm. like just for comparison wise dexter's lab is so vast and it are goes we sure on that forever. are we sure that is this not just a section of like Jimmy Neutron's lab? Well, because I tried it, looking for many like outward pictures uh, layouts of the labs. Okay, and this this was like the the one the biggest one I could get where it was like had the farthest away look to it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be. I mean, I I mean, I guess you could say that Dexter simply is truly a boy genius uh, and outclasses Jimmy Neutron. Yeah. One, I saw a... uh, uh, Either that or Jimmy's uh, parents don't have enough money to 
to supply that electric bill like Dexter's family does. Because I don't think his parents do either. I think Dexter probably is so oh, smart uh, actually, he knows how to make money. Well, well, actually, no. There was an episode where NASA tries to collect on on Dexter's debt. So maybe oh, not. yeah. Yeah, well, that's fucking yes, hilarious. dude. Yes, uh, sir. Right. Did you receive our bill? Uh, no, no, I'm not sure what bill you're talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, no, well, I did not I get it you... in the mail. Oh, well, then, okay. I guess you didn't see the notice where it says that it's due in two days. It's actually due in seven days, according to the bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but... so you did receive our notice. Oh, yeah, that was great, dude. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they tricked him in a heartbeat. That was hilarious. Going back to it, yeah, Dexter's antagonistic ways, I think, would give him the edge. Because I feel like Jimmy would probably be a little too honorable. Whereas, like, Dexter could give two fucks. He'll fuck you over in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, that's not true. <laughs> but he, I mean, no, he has a soft side, but also, like, he, he's been done some shitty things to some people, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's not act like he's a great person, because he's definitely no, no, not. No, no, he's not a great <laughs> Jimmy, I want to say, is generally a good person with mean tendencies. Dexter might be a mean well, person with good Jimmy tendencies. Jimmy has brain blasts. Well, yeah. So I which actually, are brain aneurysms. I saw a comment that said Dexter is a boy genius who continuously has geniusy in his brain at all times, whereas Jimmy Neutron is a slightly smarter than average child who has brain blasts to bring him which to equal. Moments of genius. Yeah, moments of genius. But whereas Dexter has it continuously. Well, that's true, yeah. And when you you think about it, too, a lot of Dexter's, like, inventions work a lot better than Jimmy's. Well, so that's the thing, too. Like, see, yeah, exactly. Because, like, a lot of the episodes are centered around working inventions that Mm -hmm. do what they're supposed to do. But they're untested. It's very rare that it malfunctions unless, like, Dee Dee fucks it with it some way, somehow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or sometimes with Dexter's inventions, and that's part of the, the dynamic of the show. Like, oh yeah, like when he made the um, robot that took over the lab. Did yeah, you see that one. Yeah, like, yeah, some the- show like that. <laughs> like, and yeah. it's like sometimes like the invention or like the thing that he does creates the scenario. It's, yeah, which needs it's to be so fixed. good. It'd be yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's kind of the same way with Jimmy Neutron, but the mm-hmm. difference is in that very rarely do you see one of Dexter's inventions fail. More often you see them doing the things that were intended but were never tested. Yeah, whereas like Jimmy would probably press a button. And I do, all right, oh, hold on. Before you, uh-huh. I continue with what I'm saying, I know that that's in the title sequence, but like I'm talking like consistently Jimmy will press something and then it'll like blow up. Something like that. <laughs> I was like, I was about to say, yeah, and the button doesn't work, but I was like, no, the intro literally is Dexter going... And then throwing it in, yeah. Do you think they will ever try to revive the show? Or would you want them to? No? No. I mean, if it were to be remade today, I don't know. I I, Maybe that's just the inner pessimist in me talking, but uh, it was made in such a different, what seems like, what Mm -hmm. seems to be such a different atmosphere, a different time that... That's why I think you would have to go more mature with it. Like, like you'd have to target the audience that was watching it when it came out. Yeah. So I think even, it's, oh, yeah, you don't think so? Well, no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, that's what I was going to say. So like come out with like, a, I don't want, it's 
kind of what Ren and Stimpy did, but like better. You know how like Ren and Stimpy got like brought to MTV and then it's they were like, all say, right, dude, go crazy with it. I would only watch it if they all the actors, yeah. Gen D. But it's even impossible. Mm-hmm. Well, well, no, they still have Candy Milo, I guess. But yeah, yeah. But I uh, mean, let's be real. That that dynamic duo of uh, first Dexter, second Dee Dee. That's like what everyone knows. It's the one that's like when you think of Dee Dee's voice. Hello, Dexter. Like, you don't. I'm terrible. I can't do that. High Dexter, stuff, listen but... to my story. Dexter. <laughs> we both just sound like uh, a bunch of old men. Going, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's just the, the, that question is always a tough one for me because it's yeah. like part of me would like it. But, you know, recently having watched the Beavis and Butthead reboot, then again, maybe not. <laughs> Oh, it's you okay. like the, do you not like the Beavis and Butthead reboot? Uh the first season was good. The second season, eh. It's what if they did like a movie? Like um Well, sure, I guess I'd watch it, but yeah. you know, if it was done so in my opinion, if I were to watch a Dexter's Laboratory movie, it would be <laughs> with the animation resembling it. So what happens with a lot of reboots, like the Rugrats, for example, like they jump yeah. right into CGI. Yep. And personally, you know, my opinion personally, I don't like that. I just I think Rocco's did a good job with static. They playing. did. And I well, think yeah, Invader Zim did a really good job. Yeah. So I feel like if they did something in the ballpark of those two movies where like they bring the animation. Yeah. Obviously it's uh, like modernized, but like they somewhat try and make it back to like what it originally looked like, but uh, yeah, most likely they probably have to bring it back as a movie. I think that would do the best for it. And then maybe, maybe test it with the movie and then see how that. Yeah. 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 Test the waters and all. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for doing this with me, buddy. Yeah, totally. This was one of my most favorite um, shows doing the research for. I enjoyed watching every single episode, and I'm absolutely going to continue watching. I'm I'm stubborn at this point. I want to at least make it to the animation change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good old classic. But um, all right, dude. I know we don't have a specific episode planned yet, so uh, we'll spitball some ideas. Uh Thank you, the listeners, for tuning in to us. Um, Flashback Cartoon Hour. We're on Anchor. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Facebook. Uh, we're on it. We're on it all. We're trying it. And remember the three golden rules, folks. Fight pollution, save the planet, and be good to yourself. awesome and um the funny thing with uh the whole dial m for monkey thing that i thought was funny was how agent honeydew has a thing for monkey. oh i was I about mean, to honestly, say no i was they about have a to, thing for each other i was but, about to say you know, dude, she's like, fucking that monkey you know she's fucking that monkey. <laughs> she's getting plowed by that monkey because she cares for this monkey like 
nothing I've ever seen. And then there are even times and moments where like they glance at each other and you're like, no, and they, they, but then like they don't do anything. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs>